Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I'm your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we are going to talk with an incredibly successful woman who is a business developer, thought leader, coach, podcaster, and inspiration, who is here to talk with us about her transformative methodologies to help us be our best selves. It promises to be a fun and amazing discussion. It is my pleasure to welcome Karen Briscoe to the show. Karen is the creator of the transformative five-minute success concept. Her books, Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day, Secrets of a Top Agent Revealed, and Commit to Get Leads 66-Day Challenge offer a combination of information and inspiration delivered through memorable stories. The daily format with takeaways propels one to achieve greater success at a higher level in business and life. Topics include commit to get leads, consult to sell, connect to build and grow, success thinking, activities, and vision which all lead to the sweet spot of success. Karen is also the host of the 5-Minute Success Podcast, which is ranked number one on Overcast as most recommended in the business category. The show has an amazing array of guests who achieve success at a high level. Karen also is a frequent guest on other podcasts that focus on entrepreneurial success and motivation, as well as real estate topics. She speaks on a national and local level on the best of five-minute success. She has also completed the John Maxwell Team Certification Program for coaching, speaking, and training. Karen is also the principal owner of the Huckabee Briscoe Conroy Group with Keller Williams. This group has been recognized by the Wall Street Journal as one of the 250 top realtor teams in the United States. Karen earned a master's degree from Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, and received her BA from Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri, which is her hometown. It is an honor to welcome Karen Briscoe to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I love the idea of a paradigm shift. I've had a number of them in my life in business. Well, I can't wait to get into that. So Karen, let's kick things off with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and what made you decide to have a career in real estate. I actually started in the commercial real estate space pretty quickly after college. I was in the residential land development arm of Trammell Crow in Dallas, Texas, and that was in the 80s when real estate was just blowing and going. It was very exciting. And then met my husband. We had our children. His career moved us to the Washington, D.C. metro region. And I actually stayed home with our children, was a primary caregiver did some part-time gigs, but was a primary caregiver for about a dozen years. And when I wanted to re-enter the workforce on a full-time basis, more professional basis, I went back into commercial real estate and did sales engineering and warehouse offices for a telecom company. And I actually found it very boring. I was like, what you've seen one sales engineering or else office you And if you'll recall the dot com bust, which was in in the early two thousands, that was the time period I was in that industry and it was really a shifting 
And I saw the handwriting on the wall and said, I don't really want to be in disposition mode. I had lived through that with the savings and loan crisis in Texas in the 80s, early 90s. And so I moved over to residential and it turned out to be a, a really fitting with my skill set and my personality because I bring the commercial side, which is what a lot of people call the hard side of real estate, and that is negotiation and market knowledge and strategy. And the other side, the softer skills of the people skills, relationships and all of that in the residential. And I really found that combination just works really well for my personality. The best of both worlds, if you will. So I've been in residential real estate since 2002, so 17 years. And what do you find interesting and fulfilling about the real estate industry in general, but residential real estate in particular? In most cases, it's people's homes. And there's, you know, all of the sayings, you know, a man's home is his castle. There's no place like home. It is oftentimes people's primary or their largest you know, economic asset. And it has, in addition to being the physical home where they live and reside, it also has a lot of emotional attachments to it. So what happens as a residential agent, I find is that we're helping them navigate in many cases, almost all cases, some sort of life event. Because people move homes in most cases because something is triggered in their life. And so I find it to be like a calling, a mission to be there, to be of service, to help with the transition, the change. We're really actually change agents because helping people through that is, there's certainly, like I said, the hard side, the, the negotiation and the marketing and all of that. But I find the emotional side, the emotional quotient, the, that piece to actually be more crucial because to be able to help people navigate that time in their life is where it really takes skill. Well, I would imagine, you know, everything you've said is 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 absolutely true. And I would love to ask you a little bit more about that side because you probably have seen people at their best and probably you've seen them not at their best, especially with the pressure of just the change that they're about to undertake, selling a home, buying a home, as well as whatever inflection point is going on in their lives. How do you effectively navigate what could be a very emotional situation? Well, first of all, is recognizing that because what I find is, is that agents who get personally involved and take it personally, they're often not as able to help people navigate it. So recognize it. And we, we tend to surround our clients with what we call a like a bubble wrap of grace. <laughs> and we just know that they would probably not behave that way if they weren't going through this situation. And the thing is, it's, that's really fascinating about human nature is that it can be positive change too. It's still challenging. And there is a, you know, what I call the stress meter, but there has been a lot of research on what causes stress in people's lives. And almost all of them are often associated with a move. So the the highest stressor is death of a spouse. Then oftentimes divorce is pretty high up there. And even positive, like I said, having children, getting married, and moving itself is on that chart, as well as getting a mortgage. All the things that have to do with changing schools for children, all of those are on that scale. And so navigating that with them. So the first thing is to recognize it in the agent not get emotionally involved. So to have that ability to be emotionally strong, emotional, 
you know, EQ yourself as an agent in order to be able to separate that it's not personal, it's their situation and that recognizing that. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing I found is, is that people really just want to be validated and heard. And there's a, it's actually a, a sales skill or sales dialogue but we, I found that it is one of the best ways to help people through the emotion of, of the situation, and that is what's called feel, felt, found. And the first thing is to recognize that they feel the way they do. Tell them that other people have felt that way before, and then say, move to solution. Because we're, we're still ultimately not counselors, right? right? We're here to help them move to the solution and to help them do what they said they wanted to do. And so if they said they wanted to sell their house and they said they wanted to move, then, then that's our job, right? To help them move to solutions. So a, a typical dialogue would be, say, for example, a seller is having a situation where the buyers are coming to see their house, but nobody's writing an offer and they're starting to feel like, you know, they're not being loved. Nobody's asked them to dance, right? <laughs> Right. feeling this rejection. And so what they could say to a seller is, I understand how you feel when you've had a lot of people see your home and no one's written an offer. And other sellers have felt that way before in this situation. So you have heard them and you have validated that it is a, an emotion or a feeling that is in that situation, in those circumstances, other people felt that way before that helps them feel like they're not alone and they're not the only one. And then you could go to what we have found is that the market is the market study. And then you could get into market statistics and why buyers are not writing an offer. And it's most likely the price or condition price is usually the thing that solves everything. <laughs> right. Help them move to perhaps making a pricing change at some point. So you can have that dialogue with a solution. If, you know, clearly everything you've just said is incredibly important and I can see how in the context of what you do, which is, you know, you are in residential real estate, you help people move to the solution of either selling their home, buying their home or both. You know, you've mentioned some very important things that are recurring themes on this podcast, including, you know, just tuning into people, emotional intelligence, emotional quotient. I would imagine that that is one of the reasons why you are as successful as you are and why people enjoy working with you. Can you think, I mean, when you look at what your skill set is and what the skill set is of somebody who typically does what you do, what do you think are the characteristics or traits that you have that make you as successful as you are? It is the ability to have that empathy while at the same time not getting emotionally attached to it. Because this is where I see a lot of real estate in the residential side people struggle with agents is that they get attached emotionally to the outcome. And so then it becomes about them instead of about the helping of the client through the solution. And I would say that's true with a lot of situations, not just real estate. When you're attached to an outcome, then you often then are not thinking clearly yourself. And so the idea is to stay thinking clearly. And it also puts it in the realm of it's not personal, it's business. And that's one of my favorite movies is you've got mail with the characters of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. And she was a small 
bookstore and was being basically put out of business by the big bookshop on the corner. And she was dialoguing with him and he said, you know, it's not personal, it's business. So people who can separate that in a very personal business, I find a higher level success. And then I would say if those attributes is the ability to lead generation. But what I find is a lot of people enter real estate, residential real estate in particular, because they like people and they like houses. And that's a good thing. It is a lead generation business first off, because without a lead, you effectively have nothing to do. You can like houses all day, but if you don't have anybody to show a house to, or you don't have a house to sell. And so the agents that are successful long-term and at a high level, that is something that they do consistently, and I would say daily, and that's what I've done for 17 years. So I, I keep the pipeline full because at the beginning, I start with lead generation, and then everything else tends to work out better if there's a full pipeline. Absolutely. And that's actually a really good segue into my next question. You are a very busy lady. You've got an incredibly successful, what I would call a a practice. Although you're not a lawyer, you've got this amazing pipeline of work. You are a delight to speak with and to work with. And in addition to all of that, you also have a path that you are currently pursuing and have been for a while, which includes speaking and writing and podcasting. And you've developed a methodology called the five-minute success methodology. And I'm sure that our listeners would love to hear more about how you developed it and how you have put it to work for yourself and for others. Well, what often happens, and for many people, and myself included, is I reached a point of success in my business where people kept asking how I did it and wanted to know my secrets. And so I would do some speaking and training and heard frequently that people said they didn't have enough time for personal and business development. And the thing is, is time is a created thing to say you don't have time is like saying you don't want to. And that's actually a quote from Lazu who said that. 2,500 years ago. So this is not a modern problem. And so I set about to figure out, okay, what would be a paradigm shift for time? And I said to people, well, do you have five minutes a day? And everybody said they, they did have five minutes a day. And I was like, okay, so if you invested five minutes a day in your personal and business development, then you would achieve a higher level success. And this is actually a fundamental of Parkinson's law. I'm sure you've heard of this. Uh, You've experienced it the day before you get ready to go on a vacation. And that is uh, limiting and restricting time actually makes people more effective and efficient. So limiting time, people are more likely to do it because they will schedule it as part of their morning routine or daily routine. And they'll start to experience the benefits of it and they'll want to do more. So that led to writing the book, Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day. And now the five-minute podcast and and all the other things that go along with that. Well, and I'm thrilled to say that I've actually bought your three books and I'm waiting to get them and can't wait to read them. I just found it fascinating reading through your website. And when we chatted a couple of weeks ago, I I think that your message really resonates with me and I'm sure it resonates with a lot of other people. You know, speaking of your website, you reference Wheaties and the Breakfast of Champions slogan. How has that message and story inspired what your message is and what you do? 
Well, I find that people have a morning routine, and I am a, a big fan of Hal Elrod and the Miracle Morning. And I use the Wheaties analogy and the Breakfast of Champions is because you're feeding your body, but you also want to feed your mind and your intellect and your soul. And so the idea of setting up a morning routine where you read something for personal or business development is going to have the most impact. Now, any time is good, so I don't want to stop people if that's not going to work for them to have a morning routine. But making incorporating as part of a morning routine, it has an opportunity to plant a seed, and then it's whatever point in the day, sometimes it's not even that day, but later on, it will then have a chance to germinate and then an opportunity to, to apply the principle or use the principle. And that's the other benefit to the small, they call mini habits, is that by doing a small amount, you can actually have more of an impact. There's a, a lot of times in what is more typical business books or self-help literature, that kind of personal development literature is it's a little tsunami-like, even training and seminars. You come away and you go, wow, that was amazing, but I don't know how I'm going to apply it all. So often what happens is people don't do anything. So when it's a small amount, you're more likely to remember it again when there isn't time to apply that information or that insight. So in looking at the five-minute success methodology that we've been talking about, it really seems to apply to a bunch of different fields and not just real estate. I mean, I mentioned earlier that I was reading through your website and just getting to know you. And I do think that there's going to be real value in me reading your books and maybe even continuing our conversation after today, because I, I think that you're really onto something. So, you know, to just frame it for our listeners, many of whom are lawyers, but some of whom are also just business people, many, many of whom work with lawyers, how does your message apply to this demographic and, you know, people who are looking to develop as much business as they can in a market with flat or declining demand across a bunch of different types of businesses, including the law? So, yes, thank you for sharing that because that's what I found as well. It originally was designed to apply to real estate. And then the more people I talk to, and particularly with conversations on the 5-Minute Success Podcast, the more I find that it has a lot of applications almost universally. So the first component is commit to get leads. And I shared that in terms of before anybody has anything to do as a salesperson, an entrepreneur, an attorney, they need a lead. They need a customer or client to work with. And so the process of obtaining leads, there's great systems to use for that. But that is the first component. And then the next component is what I call consult to sell. And so for the law practice, it would be, you know, the consulting them, the client on their particular issue, there's still some work that's done that leads to a transaction leads to to results. And everybody does something. I mean, dentists, they practice as well, but their practice consists of cleaning teeth and doing x-rays and doing exams. And so the salesperson, they're consulting on taking, like for example, in real estate sales, you're taking the person, either a buyer to go see houses and then they write an offer, or if you're a seller, you're marketing a home and then you receive offers and then you negotiate and then go to settlement. So there's this process. The next component is connect, build, and grow. 
what happens is a lot of salespeople, entrepreneurs, practitioners such as lawyers or medical, they get stuck on a, what I call a, like a hamster wheel or a loop where you're only as good as your next deal. And that essentially means that as soon as that stops, then you're basically out of business, right? Because particularly people who trade time for money and lawyers do that, right? So there are principles that can be put into effect that connect to build and grow to create a sustainable, scalable, ongoing enterprise that then often is saleable at some point, which law practices, dental practices, real estate practices are sold. Oftentimes what's sold is usually the client list, which goes back to why commit to get leads is so important. <laughs> and then all of that's surrounded with success, thinking, activities, and vision. Because mindset and motivation is what keeps the process running smoothly in a high level and a professional level. So I, I think the methodology is is terrific and it's simple and it makes a lot of sense. And usually those are the best methodologies out there. As we get ready to wind down on the first segment of our conversation, let's talk about one aspect of that methodology, which is commit to get leads, which we're going to talk a little bit more in our next segment. But I mean, how often do you hear in the context of the podcasts you do and just the general consulting you you do with others, how often do you hear that people don't have a good network and that it's really hard for them to commit to get leads when they feel like they don't have the relationships that they need to really do a great job on, on that point. So that's why it's called commit (laughs) 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 because it takes a commitment first. And I think that everybody does have a network. They just may not realize that it's called their phone. And so that's a great place to start. There's also community relationships. There's the, your neighborhood, uh, I would say other service providers that you do business with. And also I find that lead generation can also occur out of market knowledge. So in the real estate business, I feel like knowing your product and knowing your market can lead to business opportunities. So that is a way to kind of get in as, as a backdoor. But the, the main thing is to create a system. And so what I find is, is that a lot of people say, well, I'll do it when I have time to do it. And again, back to the time is a, is a created thing. So, and this is what happens more frequently is people put it off because they're waiting for enough time to do it. So the commitment of it, some people in sales and entrepreneurship, they talk about time blocking. I have just created a, what I call activity blocking. And that is, is to determine a certain number of people that you're going to contact every day and reach out to them to have a conversation with them about how you can help them with either their, whatever it is your profession's needs are. And if they don't have a need right then, just be sure that they know that you're there and available and ask them, well, who do you know that I should talk with? And it's a very open conversation. It's not a high pressure thing. Uh, You'd be surprised. I've even just started doing this in podcasting when I finished a conversation with someone. I was like, well, who else should I talk with? And it's amazing the conversations I have because of that. And I, I think back even when our son after college was looking for a job and I gave him seven people to talk to that I knew. And within 
I don't know, 150 calls later, Wow! <laughs> he actually ended up meeting the man that ended up hiring him. But it was just every time he finished a conversation, he said, well, who else do you think I should talk with? And then they were just like open to, oh yeah, you know, why don't you call this guy over here? Because, you know, he may know somebody. And it just led to that. Well, if you think about seven degrees of separation, right? People have a much bigger network than, than they realize. And there's a lot of research on what's called strength of weak ties. People oftentimes don't realize that it's usually those links that are several degrees away that's more likely where business is going to come from or opportunity. Well, Karen, you've given us some really sage advice and a lot to think about. And I cannot wait for the second segment of our conversation. Do you have any final thoughts as we wind down the first part of our time together? And where can our listeners find you? So the five minute success is all under the number five minute success in the podcast and in the website and the books are available on Amazon or wherever books are sold, real estate success in five minutes a day and commit to get leads 66 day challenge. And then my most recent book, Flip Time, Love Life, which talks about this time paradigm shift to have and it talks about how to to actually make time for the things that matter in your life. Well, I am really excited about kicking off our second segment shortly. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed the first part of our conversation with Karen Briscoe and that you will join us for the second part of our chat next week. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.